Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs and at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the farcical Forrest and the fanatical Brent. Yeah. What's Forrest mean? You say farcical? Farcical, indeed. His whole life is but a farce. Ah. Yes. It is but falsehood and baloney and such. <laughs> yep. That's about right. I thought you would have went with fast and yeah. furious, but Oh, fast and furious would have been really good. I should have <laughs> perfect. All for right, this, we're gonna for start it all over. <laughs> no, we have we have to move on. We yeah. have to move on. We can't just be we'll be here all day coming up with even better F words to use for our introduction. <laughs> oh fuck. All right, and before we begin, as always, we want to update everyone on the social media hegemony challenge. Oh god. We want to find out which co-host will preemptively war their way to democratizing the internet. And in last place is Brent on the yeah. Instagram account with a hey. total of 116 followers, God, people, which if you've on. been keeping track is two more. He's added two <laughs> followers yeah. total. Thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, mom and dad. It's, <laughs> that's all. The, those are the only ones doing it. And so he is two out of the a thousand placing him on track to win the Saddam Hussein Bronze Star Award for being a total loser. So I'm sorry, Brent, to inform you of that. And Forrest in second place with 31 YouTube subscribers, which is a total of seven added out of the 1,000 needed, nice. placing Forrest in the running for the Nicholas Maduro Silver Star Award for being defeated but still kicking. <laughs> and lastly, yours truly, Dylan, with... 417 Twitter followers, which is a total added of 92 out of the oh 1,000, placing Jesus. me well in the running for the John Bolton Gold Star Award for total world domination. And, and Dylan, but, that's Dylan, that's impressive because I know they've been trying to silence you, your conservative voice out there, you and James Wood. I know our president's been <laughs> talking about yeah, how. James yeah, James Wood, uh, Paul Joseph Still Watson, I believe, yep. who hasn't said anything conspiratorial in 10 years, I believe he said, <laughs> which is definitely true. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could you could ask Seth Rich's family and they will agree fully with that's that true. assessment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, definitely my Twitter feed is just all just conservative politics. <laughs> I won't stop shutting up about it. I'm always talking about how we should build walls and I don't know, take food away from poor kids. I don't know. I'm always <laughs> ranting on there. Everything I say on there is terrible and conservative. So it's just I got that's why I have to get out of the gate running so I can rack I up I as many why. as possible it's now before they shut down my account. I think I know why they haven't banned you, Dylan. Why? Because because Jack is into Bitcoin and we are accepting oh, Bitcoin. Oh, that's exactly that's right. True. He Speaking, wants to good point. He wants as many people as possible to pump the price of that Bitcoin so he can walk away with his. Uh, that makes sense. Because like, I am always promoting that. It's just it's conservative MAGA opinions and Bitcoin promotion, which makes <laughs> a lot of sense. And speaking of which, if you go yep. to none dare call it ordinary dot com slash donate, you will find our public cryptocurrency addresses. And so send your Bitcoin and your Litecoin and your Ethereum our way and we will use it to. I don't know, to pay for our even more conservative views going forward on the uh, the social media accounts there. <laughs> and one last thing, if you could 
Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are served. It helps us out a lot. And so what are we talking about today, Dylan? Well, today is another none dare call it news episode. Got to keep current. Got to know what to be mad at right now. We can't just be (laughs) mad at things in the past. And today we are focusing on an article from the New York Times. Hashtag MAGA church, the doomsday prophet who says the Bible predicted Trump by Sam Kestenbaum, and Forrest took lead on this one, and so we're going to pass it on over to him. That's right. We're going to talk about Jonathan Kahn, the man and his message. And that is not C-O-N. I just wanted to, uh, to put that out there right up front. <laughs> C-A-H-N. Yes. We want to be clear and fair. Yes. So, who is Jonathan Kahn? According to his own website, quote, Jonathan Kahn is president of Hope of the World Ministries, senior pastor and messianic rabbi of the Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey. Yeah, in our podcast, we really only cover people that are humble and subtle. That's like a yeah, that's a that's a pattern I've seen here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And humble. So, quote, he is also the author of the best selling book, The Harbinger. Mm. His teachings are broadcast daily over hundreds of radio stations, which is scary, throughout the United (laughs) States and the world and on television. He ministers, as did the first Jewish messengers of the gospel, sharing the message of the Messiah to Jew and Gentile, Israel and the nations. And a little known fact, the first Jewish messengers of the gospel also used radio and television. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. The early Jewish messengers hit TV show The Seven Club uh, was a harbinger for today's (laughs) 700 Club. So that's a little known fact. Exactly, exactly. Seven Club. It's just 100 times better today. (laughs) Quote, he has ministered before mass gatherings in India, Nigeria, Cuba, Mizoram, Honduras, Haiti, and throughout the world. So the one of those I wasn't familiar with was Mizoram, and Mizoram is a state in India. So he also mentioned India in this quote. So either Khan is padding his numbers here, or there are some really pissed off people in whatever Indian states Khan decided not to mention for whatever reason. I guess he just he didn't have as good a time there, maybe. I, I think I'd be a little upset, frankly. Yeah. I yeah, it's, it's a mystery. Quote. His teachings are widely known for revealing the deep mysteries of God's word and for the restoring of the new covenant message to its original biblically Jewish richness and power. And as Brent said earlier, for these folks, it's always good to see a measure of humility. Yeah, (laughs) I think he's right about that. I also don't know what any of that means that you just said, but okay. Yeah, there's a lot of words there. There's a lot to chew on. Yeah, a lot of words on page. So wait, a pastor and a rabbi? How can that be? Well, the enemy of the people failing New York Times explains, quote, The son of a Holocaust refugee, Mr. Khan was raised in a nominally Jewish family in the New York suburbs. I hope the nominally here isn't playing some anti-Semitic LaRouchian role of reversing what a Jew is and what a Nazi is and saying, oh, they're not really Jews. I hope (laughs) I hope that's not what's going on. Well, Dylan, you know, I, I think you don't have to worry because I did listen to the Richard Nixon behind the scenes Watergate tapes. And he assures me that the Jews control the New York times. Oh, okay. Also, here's the thing, right? Lyndon LaRouge proved that Jews can't have self-hating beliefs. So, you know, don't worry. I think everything's okay. okay. Here. <laughs> good, 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 good. I guess, it, you know, in all seriousness, I think the writer means they were more ethnic than religious Jews. I think that's what uh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Secular, secular Jews. Yeah. I think that's what he means. Okay. Quote, but from an early age, he was drawn to the more esoteric corners of belief. 
but then he became adult and let go of childish beliefs? No, of course not. No, what are you talking about? That that didn't happen. Are you right? insane, or Brent? Did, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, the opposite. Is, he went he just the doesn't do a hard there. correct here and get smarter. Okay. When I grew up, I became a cult leader and I put away <laughs> rational things. Something like that. I think that's the, the Bible quote. That's the exact quote. Yep. Well, the child, I mean, he did put away childish things. The childish things being uh, not getting paid for the esoteric oh, beliefs. Yeah. Am I right? That's right. <laughs> Got to get that man money. Quote, he devoured the writings of Nostradamus, the Virginia psychic Edgar Casey, and far out conspiracy theories about ancient astronauts. Wow. Well, at least he didn't devour the writings of Kant, though, right? I mean, we just learned how evil he was in the last episode, or actually a couple well, he's only one. Mm, yeah, exactly. He's only one phoneme away from going full Kant. You know, so <laughs> yeah, he just needs the T in there. He's, yeah, he's there. Just the, just the t- That's it. <laughs> Quote, Mr. Khan soon stumbled on the late great planet Earth, the 1970s bestseller that argued doomsday prophecies of the Bible were playing out with events like the Cold War and Israel's Six-Day War. Hmm. Mr. Khan bought the book thinking it was about UFOs. Instead, he was given a crash course in Christian eschatology. I would love to know why Khan thought the book was about UFOs. It says it's about the Earth and that the Earth is late. So it's about the Earth not having a good time, which matches pretty well with the contents, I would think. I don't know where he's like, oh, yeah, this is totally about UFOs and aliens. Yeah. And if you want a good UFO book, you know where to look in the in the dumpster of Salvation Army. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was I was looking up reviews of this book on Amazon, and this one made me laugh. Here it is. Quote, my college professor assigned this book as an example of bad writing, <laughs> as well as a way to get insights into the evangelical Christian movement of the 1970s. Basically, this book is so poorly written that it is a good example of how not to write. End quote. So, <laughs> man, that's rough. That's, and that's, that's an intense. authoritative uh, peer reviewed source Brent gave us. So we know that that's absolutely. Yeah, true. exactly. That's exactly. right. Amazon. Reviews. Mr. Khan tells me otherwise, Brent. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, I was just floored, Mr. Khan said, speaking about the book. On his 20th birthday, after a near-death experience, and to the dismay of his Jewish father, he became a Christian. So, yeah, I know. What did this near-death experience consist in, you might ask? Conspiracy nutjob actual fake news website, World Net Daily, (laughs) fills us in. Speaking of a certain 1970s era lineup of Ford Pintos that had fuel tank engineering flaws so bad that they made it onto the popular mechanics top engineering failures list, quote, they exploded in even low speed crashes with other cars. The Harbinger Man, messianic rabbi Jonathan Kahn, whose life story is told in a new movie by that name, was in one of those Pintos. He wasn't hit by a car. He was hit by a train and he emerged without a scratch. (laughs) <laughs> this is amazing. I don't know why the New York Times didn't report on this. I could see why they're a failing newspaper. This is just amazing. <laughs> the near-death experience via Pinto. Also, when I heard this story, I was thinking that there's that old joke that Ford stands for fixed or repaired daily. But I guess, really, it stands for forgive or repent daily. Very different. Very different. <laughs> I just think it's a weak-ass train, too. It's like, come on. Yeah, it was a Ford Pinto train. I don't think they uh, mentioned that in the, the World Net Daily, so definitely not a power coming from there. 
So here's the thing, try as I might, I couldn't find anything more about the details of the story outside of what Khan himself has said, cult propaganda sites and conspiracy nut sites. Of course, that's just all my bias in that characterization. <laughs> I know Brent is tired of my tyranny of citations, but hey, you know, I just wanted to say that. God damn it, Forrest. No citations. Just kidding. Um, yeah. I, I, I actually like the idea of maybe just po- he just possibly made this whole thing up. I can't say for sure, of course, but I do like the idea of just creating harbingers out of thin air. It's pretty cool. It is one of those things. I can't say for sure. And it is a very on-brand 70s near-death experience story. that's true. I mean, oh, you almost died in a pinto? Yeah, of course. (laughs) In the 70s, exactly. We know what exact time period you're talking about. All right. So, yeah, how do I make this story believable? Well, the pintos had that fuel tank problem. Man, that was happening in the 70s. Okay, let's see. According to the New York Times, Khan's whole shtick is to compare the modern United States to ancient Israel, which quote unquote lost its way. So does Khan think that the United States lost its way because we elected to the highest office of the land, a reality show sociopath that has told over 10,000 falsehoods in just two years? No, of course not. No, no, no. I actually always want to know what is the exact date? Can we pinpoint this when America lost its way? I mean, like, can we put 1777 and time? Okay, thank you. You said 1777. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you. That's all I wanted. Year one. <laughs> we had a good. We had a good start. The first year. We had a good start. <laughs> but then, when the founding fathers all met up and said, "Like slavery, get rid of it now," they said, "No." Yeah. And then lost its way. That was. Yeah, that's a big, big mistake. Yeah. So what's the actually? So what's the real culprit of America's downfall? Not slavery. Mm. Not reality show sociopaths. It just can't be that. The New York Times says, quote, abortion, gay rights, and the perceived retreat of religion in the public square. Oh, um, okay. Got it. Yep. Thanks. Khan really needs to get with the times. <laughs> Clearly, we have lost our way because of trans rights yes. and not letting Alex Jones hog brain pills on Instagram. That's right. That's, These are the real. That's when you know you've lost your deep way. platforming and not hating trans people. You got to update. You got to update what's the problem with America. <laughs> I know. I mean, not only are his fake near-death experience stories from the 70s, also his um, rants against society are just straight out from the 70s, too. People need to get totally with the yeah, times. Yeah, very yeah, dated. Culture, the culture wars are still going on. You got you to gotta update them. That is like the saddest part of the alt-right and Antifa when they fight each other, because like one side has swastikas, the other side has hammer and sickle. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys, be original. Like, why this? I mean, <laughs> Don't just make everything a reboot and a remake. Yeah. Jesus. Come on. Copyright infringement. Come on. <laughs> the enemy of the people continues. Quote, Mr. Khan began seeing patterns everywhere. Ah, I see harbingers everywhere. Everything means something always. <laughs> always. Yeah, and there's harbingers oh. everywhere. So for every pattern, there is a pre-pattern. Yes. And it goes all the way up and all the way down that way. So you can imagine how intense <laughs> oh, that is. Man, that is too much. Yeah. Stressful. It's stressful. So, quote, as the Israelites turned away from their God, they were attacked by the Assyrians. America, in modern times, was also attacked by a foreign army from the east, Al-Qaeda terrorists. Why can't we reel this back a bit, Con? How about making connections between the ancient Israelites in the Bible and modern-day Israel? I mean, why does America have to be the center of everything always? I mean, we have Israel. Just make it Well, America is the center of everything all the time, Brent. That's true. You know? Damn it. You're right. Also, I don't think... I think America is the real Israel. Oh, that's... The Israel... I'm, I'm going to LaRouche this. The Israel in Israel is the fake Israel. <laughs> and America is the real Israel. Good point. That makes sense. Quote, After the ancient siege, the Israelites vowed to replant a destroyed sycamore grove with new trees. 
Near Ground Zero, a huge sycamore tree was also destroyed as the towers fell. Oh boy. And hey, Dylan, I don't want to get too deep into the metaphysical weeds, but do 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists count as an army? You know, I consulted many metaphysical guidebooks, i.e. dictionaries, and I have come to the conclusion that an essential feature of an army is that it's an organized fighting force on land. So no, <laughs> the 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists did not count as an army, but they did count as an air force. Oh, <laughs> we got that going. God, an Islamic terrorist air force is horrifying, but can you imagine an Islamic terrorist space force? Dear God, Ooh, that would not oh, be man. something I'd want to see. Jihad in space. <laughs> what are we to make of this whole ordeal of seeing patterns everywhere? One opinion on the topic comes from Michael Shermer. Writing for Scientific American, Shermer says, quote, a type one error or false positive is believing something is real when it is not, parentheses, finding a non-existent pattern. A type 2 error, or a false negative, is not believing something is real when it is. Sometimes A really is connected to B. Sometimes it is not. When it is, we have learned something valuable about the environment from which we can make predictions that aid in survival and reproduction. We are the ancestors of those most successful at finding patterns. This process is called association learning, and it is fundamental to all animal behavior. Unfortunately, we did not evolve a baloney detection network in the brain to distinguish between true and false patterns. We have no error detection governor to modulate the pattern recognition engine, but such erroneous cognition is not likely to remove us from the gene pool and would therefore not have been selected against by evolution. End quote. Okay, so we let Shermer have his say, okay, on what's going on here. But we want to be fair and balanced. That's right. There's a mm, yeah, yes. there's a war on Christmas, everyone. Oh, sorry, that was triggered by that phrase. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, just derailed yeah, that's everything. Terrible, right? yeah. By a pinto. By train. the way, it's like not only that, you just said there's a war on Christmas. We're trying to be fair and balanced. Like maybe there is. We got one guy saying there is, one guy saying there's <laughs> not. True. You know, let's have him come on, duke it out. That's right. That's right. Fair and balanced. You know, so what does Khan think is going on here with this seeing patterns all over in everything business? He calls it, quote, God revealed patterns. I called it the download process. I, I imagine that God's upload speeds are literally amazing. So that's got to be incredible. <laughs> Dylan, I'm going to have to challenge you there. And the reason why is because we talked about before, in order to know whether something's amazing, you have to know what counts as amazing as and not amazing. But since God is unknowable... Oh. I don't think mm. anything is amazing about God. So God is unknowable, but I don't think God's upload speeds are unknowable. Those are real. I understand those numbers. <sighs> I don't know, man. Don't we'll know. just have to agree to disagree to on this one. It. I want you to quantify it and show me proof. <laughs> 10 I'm... trillion gigabytes a half second. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. All right. The New York Times goes on about Khan's meteoric rise. Quote, Mr. Khan eventually turned his thesis into a full-length book, The Harbinger, in 2012. <laughs> By the way, 2012, like, why put it out during the doomsday year? <laughs> yeah, right? Anyway, put out by the publishing arm of the powerhouse Charisma Media, a Christian multimedia company that also runs a daily news site. The book climbed up bestseller lists and hovered there for months alongside blockbusters like Fifty Shades of Grey, end quote. <laughs> You know, maybe guys, maybe this is just my brain, you know, malfunctioning pattern recognition machinery, performing a type one error or something <laughs> like that. But 
you know, if Fifty Shades of Grey and the Harbinger are bestsellers, I think that's pretty good evidence that the end is near. Yeah, exactly. Sure. The Harbinger for Idiocracy is the book, The Harbinger. That's just... Plus, actually, <laughs> I, think, I think what's really going on here is God is coming back soon to make us his little bitch and spank us for being naughty little humans, I think Ooh, is what's happening. That's a bit saucy. Um, a little saucy for this podcast, but... Fifty Shades of Sin. <laughs> Thinking about these two books together, Fifty Shades of Grey does make a whole lot more sense if it's an allegory for the book of Revelations. So <laughs> that's true. You know, I'm liking this yeah. pattern. My my pattern recognition uh, software is going haywire as well, I think. So the New York Times speaks of the evolution from televangelism to that wonderful realm of total truth known as social media. Quote, mm. among several of Mr. Khan's recent predecessors of, of this ilk would be televangelists like the Christians United for Israel founder John Hagee, whose books include Can America Survive? and Jim Baker, the controversy-prone preacher who now hosts an End Times TV program and sells disaster survival products. That's such a nice way to put that. That's a slot buckets guy. We mentioned him before. He's great. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't know if I've ever mentioned his son, uh, Jay Baker. He's a smoker, drinker, full sleeve tattooed preacher out there. Sounds cool. You know, I went through my little rebellious Christian phase and I was into him back in the day with my punk rock. Sounds cool. Uh, like Christian safe. Punk rock. Oh, it's, it's like lots cool. of DC talk, MXPX, I imagine. Well, DC talk isn't punk rock, Dylan. It is. I'm not sure what that is, but um, <laughs> no, it's really bad music. Um, but yeah, MXPX, also value pack, 90 pound wuss, slick shoes. I did waste a lot of my time reading Jay Baker's book called Son of a Preacher Man, My Search for Grace in the Shadows, which has a better ring to it than Son of a Slot Bucket Selling Con Man. That's just <laughs> not as flattering. You're much more likely to find a slot bucket selling con man in the shadows, though, to be fair. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> Good point. Or in front of a television crew. But either way. Yeah. Quote, Mr. Khan brings the tradition fully into the social media age. Many of his fans first saw him on Facebook. Hundreds of posts and reposts of his sermons are uploaded on YouTube, slipped into the corners of the web where esoteric religion and conspiracy theories overlap. End quote. And for our listeners, Love if you want to place. know more about Jim Baker and his former cellmate in federal prison, be sure to check out our four-part Lyndon LaRouge series. Yeah, they were cellmates <laughs> for a time, and also, that would be the greatest sitcom of all time. Oh, it's just, just so Jim true. Baker and Lyndon LaRouge <laughs> hanging out in prison. It'd be like a new version of the odd couple. <laughs> He's the yeah. sloppy slop bucket guy. He's the <laughs> evil world domination James Bond villain wannabe. Can they get along? <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a pretty good overview of Jonathan Kahn and his quote unquote message. But what's his relation to the leader of the free world? The New York Times explains, quote, into this mix came Mr. Kahn's latest book, The Paradigm, which could be his most polarizing, tying his prophetic work to the election of Donald Trump. The book published in the months after Trump's win again likens America to the ancient nation of Israel. Two peoples, Mr. Khan says, who have a unique relationship with God. So his book came out a few months after Trump won. So it took him months to just control F to replace Hillary Clinton with Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I just I don't know what why that took so long. I guess Khan is just buffering while downloading from God. It's just stuck. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I make sense. Because even though God's upload speeds are amazing, Khan's download speeds aren't necessarily going to be able to keep up. That would be blasphemy to think otherwise. Quote, 
He then argues that all sorts of figures in contemporary politics have biblical counterparts. Ooh, like the doppelgangers in Twin Peaks. That's right. Mm, yep. Exactly like that. Quote, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, for example, are the modern day analogs to wicked Ahab and Jezebel. So she started a feminist blog. He's hunting a whale. Got it. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> Trump is the warrior king Jehu who took control of the nation and casts idols out of the capital. Jehu also sought to drain the swamp, Mr. Khan said. <laughs> That's exactly right. Wow. So, yeah, you know, who is this Jehu character in the Old Testament? I went to Wiki. and here's like a Yahoo. From, yeah, I went to Wiki. Here's the quote from Wiki. Quote, the author of Kings tells the Jehu secretly entered the city without resistance. He saw... Jehoram's mother Jezebel watching him with contempt from a palace window. Jehu commanded the palace eunuchs to throw her from the window. So Jezebel was killed and Jehu drove his chariot over her body. Her servants later came to bury her only to find that dogs had eaten all of her hands, feet, and skull. Woo! So sounds just like Trump. That's like <laughs> straight analogy. That's like a, it's like a QAnon. That's like a QAnon Trump fever dream right there. I know. <laughs> Hands, feet, and skull. All right. So there was this band I was into back in the day. I don't know if you were into them, Dylan, called Drive Like Jehu. Yeah. I think they got their name from the Book of Kings or something like that in the Bible. So it makes sense now. But Yeah, I love Drive Like Jehu. And so I was very yeah, upset cool. to learn that Donald Trump is the current analog oh, of Jehu. <laughs> the band specifically got the name from 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 20, quote, And the watchman told, saying, He came even unto them. And cometh not again. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he driveth furiously. Yeah, yeah drive. He drives over bodies and super cool over and over. Good times. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So why Donald two Corinthians Trump? How did a billionaire coastal elite that routinely cheats on his wives become an instrument of a holy and righteous God? Khan, uh -huh. with his divinely downloaded knowledge, has the answer. Hey, don't don't forget. Trump's an atheist. Trump is an obvious atheist. Someone should try to get Trump to list all the reasons why God is more famous and powerful than he is. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> oh, God. I'd love to hear that one. <laughs> I feel like that it, that would be why Trump is an atheist. He just yeah, can't believe. That's, yeah, that's the whole <laughs> someone more famous. Point. Oh, yeah. That's, that's exactly It's not right. reasoned argument. <laughs> it's not reasoned argument. It's just there's no way anything could be greater than me. That's where it ends. <laughs> Whether real or not, doesn't matter. Comparing Trump further to Jehu, he goes on, quote, The unlikely and controversial warrior was destined to become the new ruler of the land. The template would ordain that Donald Trump would become the next president. Trump is offering us a window for revival, a window to return to God. What happened in the election was not about Trump, but about something much higher, the purposes of God. I don't know about this Trump offering us a window business. Would that require him to be transparent? That's true. <laughs> That's true. true. Tinted window, I guess. <laughs> I would suggest that the election of Trump is pretty good evidence, though, that there is no benevolent God. Yeah, so I think that's my yeah. offer. I agree. Given what was divinely revealed to Khan, it's nice to know this isn't all just about you know, enabling Trump's excesses, but rather a higher purpose. That's nice oh, to know. Okay. Yeah, let Jehu be Jehu. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> yeah. Make America ancient Israel again. Maya. Let's do it. Maya. Doesn't have the same <laughs> ring and to guys, it, but hey, it works. So guys, there's this crazy charge that Khan is nefariously fusing religion and politics in an unsavory way. 
this has just got to be untrue, right? Well, mm. the New York Times reports, quote, right. Mr. Khan shrugs at the charge. I don't tell anyone how to vote, he said. I say, you need to consult God. And this is what God says on the issues. So I like how they have to, you know, quick interlude. They have to consult <laughs> him about what God says. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so after a beat, he added, they can read between the lines. Wow. So if you're going to try to be sleazy and get people to read between the lines instead of having to say something outright, you shouldn't then also say that they have to read between the lines. That's supposed to be, they're supposed to read between the lines that they have to read between the lines. This is the problem. Mr. Khan wasn't too happy with the New York Times portrait of him addressing his cult. I mean, flock, sorry for consulators flock on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mr. Khan said the following quote, Thank you for praying for me this past week and weekend as I went down to the president's house in Florida, Mar-a-Lago. It was a powerful and pathetic time, a gathering of Christian leaders and Jewish leaders and several people very close to the president. At the same time, it was a dramatic weekend for a second reason. The New York Times ran a feature length article on me and the ministry taking up two full pages and most of the front page of the Metro. For a man convinced that Trump is a sign of biblical end times, it's rather strange that he would find a front page spread in the New York Times Metro section to be dramatic at all. Yeah. He's talking about <laughs> the end of the world here. Yeah, the fake news is going to do what the fake news does. Get over it, Snowflake. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's Please. my that's my cuck brain thinking. <laughs> so continuing, quote, of course, the New York Times is of a secular liberal bent and has a reputation for being hostile to anything having to do with faith, the Bible. So, of course. The article has the New York Times secular slant and angle framing from it from that bent and with inaccuracies, including the surprising note that I have political aspirations. Take all that with a grain of salt. (laughs) And given that every front page Metro spread in the New York Times is on a different religious leader, the New York Times wants to take down. This all checks out. He's totally right right. about their liberal secular slant and how disgusting it is. God, disgusting. (laughs) And guys, I mean, why on earth would the New York Times think Khan has political aspirations? Well, if it wasn't already apparent, the article gives us reasons to think this. Quote, Mr. Khan speaks at events in Washington alongside conservative standard bearers like Michelle Bachman and James Dobson, where his portrayal of America as a cultural battleground falls on sympathetic ears. Ears with nothing between them. Oh! Quote, in 2016, he even addressed a United Nations gathering. Well, he is Jewish, so that's, you know, this makes sense. Wow. Wow. God, don't give it away. Sorry, I've just been, I've been affected heavily by the LaRochian we're, series. We're a neocon podcast, man. We're the vanguard. Anyway, quote, Mike Huckabee, the Fox News commentator and former governor of Arkansas, once introduced Mr. Khan as soul-stirring and stunning, spellbinding. Spellbinding sounds like an accusation of witchcraft from this crowd, so this might be a backhanded compliment, I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. The New York Times gives us a sense of what Khan's cult, I mean, Flock, Flock, (laughs) thinks about him. Quote, Gail Greenholtz, an elder member, stood near the end of the line. Many of us consider him a prophet of our time, she said. A visionary. Man, if only she could meet the author of the late, great planet Earth, she would get the original. The original vision. Yes. Michael Cooney, 58, had driven an hour to hear the pastor teach on politics and prophecy. And hopefully not in a Ford Pinto, but that's 
obviously it's not the 70s especially on the ford pinto on train tracks (laughs) yeah yeah the ford pinto train hopefully not that it's all relevant for this moment he said he shows us that trump was actually in the bible (laughs) keyword actually oh my god that i want that verse i want to see that verse oh quote roxanne mangal a middle-aged woman in a flowery blouse joined the table she said the pastor had healed her of a terrible illness Joining Beth Israel also brought wealth. My income tripled, she said. It quadrupled. Hey, wait, which is it? Which is it? Well, hey, pick you one. say quadruple, I say triple, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's all the, it, yeah, and the, uh, the, the terrible illness that Pastor Khan treated her of was the ability to count. I think, <laughs> I think that was the terrible illness she had. Now she can't or do it anymore. style, man. She's wearing a flowery dress. That's not a good, her fashion style was cured. Quote, after President Trump had moved the United States Embassy to Jerusalem, the subject of great excitement at the church, she believed she saw the New York skyline light up in heavenly sparks. God did that, she said. I, what does that mean? I don't... <laughs> Wait, what, what do just, you mean? What does that mean? What happened? What happened? Um, it's a perfect <laughs> description. The New York skyline lit up in <laughs> heavenly sparks. What more do you need? Okay. Yeah. There were sparks. They were heavenly. You know what each of those words mean. So how can you not understand it when they're put together in a coherent sentence? All right. We're going to talk about the prophecies of Khan a bit here, if you don't mind. The Harbinger is a nominally fictional book. This allows Khan to have it both ways. Quoting the New York Times again. At times, Mr. Khan appears to be the star in a show that has grown out of his control. Fans may take his project more seriously than he does himself. His debut book was originally billed as a work of fiction, for example, a nuance lost on most readers. I would think this is a nuance which is easily corrected, but what do I know? <laughs> Just say, it's fiction. Literally two words. It's fiction. I did it. Solved. Fiction solved. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, in 2019... I guess that counts as nuance. Like that's uh, that's where we go. I mean, just if I was in his position, I would just get I would just get business cards printed out that just say it's fiction on them and just hand them <laughs> out as like bookmarks. <sighs> well, I know the Mueller report has just been released in book form at bookstores, and we all know that's a work of fiction. So you know these things can be kind of confusing. I guess. Hey, 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 hey! It's nominally fictional. Oh, my bad. Nominally fictional. Nominally. Very different. The New York Times quoting Khan quote: At first, people started to call me a prophet. And I would stop them and say, no, no, he said, but it always made for an awkward moment. <laughs> wow. Yes, I'd say so. Khan is the reluctant messiah. He's not the messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, instead, he stopped correcting them. It was just easier. Yeah. Quoting Khan. So sometimes I don't say anything, Mr. Khan said. <laughs> I let it be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, guys, I think this calls for another song. Yep. When I find myself in times of illogic, Father Khan comes to me, speaking words of nonsense, let it be. And in my hour of non-critical thinking, he is shouting right in front of me, shouting words of bullshit, let it be, let it be, let it be. Let it be, let it be. Whisper words of bullshit. Let it be. Yep. Beautiful. And when we do release that, beautiful. Yeah, when we do release that song, we'll do a non-printal advisory version. We'll say baloney instead of bullshit. So that'll work out perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> Core to cons, the harbinger is the concept of the Shemitah. As originally conceived, the Shemitah was this event every seven years when everyone in ancient Israel stopped working on any and all agricultural activities. For a year, 
and also the debts of the nation of Israel, besides those debts held by dumbass foreigners, were wiped clean. As commanded in Exodus 23.10 to 23.11, quote, You may plant your land for six years and gather its crops. You may beat your slaves just as long as they don't die. Oh, sorry, that's like the wrong Bible passage, right? <laughs> yeah, I wrote the wrong passage. Yeah, I think sorry. that's the next chapter. That is the next chapter. I think it literally is. <laughs> but during the seventh year, you must leave it alone and withdraw from it. The needy among you will then be able to eat just as you do, and whatever is left can be eaten by wild animals. This <laughs> like also applies to your vineyard and your olive grove. Oh man, our aged and enraged vineyard is going to take a hit, but I'm willing to make the sacrifice <laughs> if that is what is commanded. And as commanded in Deuteronomy 15.1 to 15.6, quote, At the end of every seven years, you shall celebrate the remission year. The idea of the remission year is that every creditor shall remit any debt owed by his neighbor and brother when God's remission year comes around. You may collect from the alien... But if you have any claim against your brother for a debt, you must relinquish it. I know that Khan is in Team Trump, but I wonder how many in his church are in support of Elizabeth Warren's student debt forgiveness plan. It seems to go to well with this concept that he's yeah, talking about. Very socialist. And also, did I just hear the word alien? Did Khan first pick up the Bible thinking, you know, it was a UFO book? I mean, if you oh, go back to his origin <laughs> story, that's not far off from reality. So I yeah, mean, that's true. Actually, <laughs> I picked up the Bible. I thought it was about UFOs. And then it's 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 really easy. I mean, the problem then is this is kind of a, uh, you know, you could still collect debts from the aliens. But I mean, I don't think we yet have any debts from the aliens. So it's kind of <laughs> right now. It's not very useful for us, except that we are indebted to Paul Potter for sharing yes. with us how the UFOs of the aliens. Work. That's true. And that's he true. might be an alien. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. Yep. That's a good point. Khan's take, though, is that the Shemitah is basically a reward and punishment system based on Israel's adherence to the whims of the celestial dictator. Trademark Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, God wasn't elected? Uh, I okay, don't thanks. think he was, Brent. I think he... <laughs> By the yeah, angels? No, don't think so. Okay. In an interview with Daystar, Khan says, quote, The Shemitah was a blessing for Israel when they followed God but a judgment when they did not, end quote. Mm. Apparently, the Israelites were not very creative with the timing for being bad. They misbehaved <laughs> like clockwork. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I see a pattern here. Dylan, you just said the word clockwork, as oh. in clockwork orange, oh. as in a work of fiction, which oh. we now know means a work of nonfiction, oh. and is ultimately about Donald Trump, since the other word in the title is orange, Okay, I'm going to need to study this more. I'm oh, Brent's getting the download process. Yes. The download yeah, process is happening something. right yep. in front of us, Brent. What are you <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is the first time in human history the download process has been captured <laughs> on tape. That's right. You'll Send that to James Wait. Randi and get your million dollars. So, <laughs> you know, and by the way, Trump is basically a droog. So I think you're on to something. <laughs> that's I think, true. I yeah. Something. yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Anyway, at this point, you might be asking, what the fuck does the Shemitah business have to do with what's happening today in America? You'd be right to ask that question. Well, to understand that, first we need to understand that Khan thinks the United States was truly founded as a Christian nation. In an interview with Lamb and Lion Ministries... Is that... Sorry to interrupt. Is that an organization that only witnesses to lambs and lions? Gotta make sure they're saved. Mm, yes. Okay. Just a dumb name. Got it. Khan informs us, quote... It was George Washington's inauguration. He places his hands on the Bible and gives a prophetic warning in that first speech, 
which says basically, paraphrased, it's in the Harbinger, but paraphrased, if America ever turns away from God, the blessings will be removed. And then he and the entire first government go to a place to consecrate America to God. And so if we can find out where that is, that is the consecration ground on the first day dedicated to God. I mean, you'd think if they thought this place was so important, they would have written it down somewhere. <laughs> like, why do we have to go on a treasure hunt to find where they consecrated America to God? It seems bizarre. I think, I I think I remember that would be reading, more readily available. That would be on, you know, a travel map when you go to D.C. Yeah, I think I was once reading, you know, letters between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. And Tom Jefferson was like, where was that fucking consecration ground again? Like, do you remember where that do you remember that where that was? <laughs> no, we were so high. We were smoking all that hemp. We just don't. We have no idea. <laughs> Shit. And did anyone ever ask the ground if it even wanted to be consecrated? I mean, that's, again, yet another example mm, of forcible profession. consecration. Uh, that's a habit. Oh, that's man, a ha yeah. That seems to be a, a pattern. That's another one of those patterns we keep seeing. Yeah. Um, and also, speaking of patterns, I recommend people to to listen and download our episodes multiple times so you could find all the patterns <laughs> hidden amongst our our episodes as well and see what connections you can find. Yep. Um, and speaking of John Adams, founding father John Adams has a slightly different take on Khan. Quote, the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian look, religion. Look, look, look. Some of the founding fathers were also satanic SJWs. This doesn't prove anything. That's true. And some founding fathers were Nazis before Hitler was even born. That's another little known alternative fact. Yeah, the uh, so, yeah, the time those were the time traveling founding fathers yes. and they, you know, they went a few years ahead and were like, you know, I like this Adolf's ideas. We're going to bring some of these back. <laughs> <laughs> now that the United States has apparently turned away from God, we're in the midst of his wrath. Oh, mm. man, that gives me a great idea, guys. We need to write a biographical book sort of in the same vein as like, you know, Dinesh D'Souza's The Roots of Obama's Rage but we could call it the wrath of Khan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Oh, um, Star, Star Trek. Hello. Uh, yeah, I got uh, it. Right. Okay. In that same interview, Khan explains, quote, so with America, we have had, we have experienced the harbinger begins with that first strike that happens when America's hedge of protection is removed. Hedge of protection. You know, I personally would have went with force field protection because with these superhero mm. movies being so popular, it just sounds more hip and modern instead of some dumbass shrubs of protection here. That's the thing, man. I think that's Khan's biggest problem. Again, he's not with the yes, time. Exactly. That's so true. He's that still is mad his biggest about problem. abortion and gay rights. That is his worst problem he has. So quoting Khan, when 9-11 comes, it is a shaking of America. It is a wake-up call to America. And I think most believers even felt that. What happens is people flock to churches, and it looked as though there was going to be a revival, if you remember. People were flocking. Everything was God for three weeks. And then... After that, it just ended because there was not repentance. Without repentance, there can be no revival. So instead of growing better, we got worse. I like this. So a lot more people went to church after 9-11. That kind of makes sense. And then they stopped going because they didn't repent. Do I have that yes. right? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I have to admit. Actually, no. Actually, no. There's no getting it right here. Wrong game. Oh, yeah. This is just the say <laughs> whatever no you want game. No such things. Yeah, this is uh, a different game. I'm bad at altogether. that game. And so since three weeks of praise for God wasn't good enough, what happened seven years after 9-11? Well, the big financial meltdown, of course. Oh, that's Seeing true. the pattern here. Is not everything clear to you now? Has God it finished is. downloading the required knowledge into your brain yet? Well, my internet is through Comcast, so it's probably going to take a few more weeks to download. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and 9-11 
was an inside job. We know that. By God. Jeez. Oh, 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 so, oh, oh, you know, that was the fatal flaw of Alex Jones. He had it all correct, but he just couldn't bring himself to take it all the way to the big G himself. That's yeah. The OG. Yeah. All right. I mean, if we believe in Calvinism, I guess everything is an inside job by God. <laughs> so. That's true. We'll be covering Calvinism. <laughs> and so, sure. of course, part three of the wrath of the almighty should have happened in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. The New York Times writes, quote, but months passed and the doomsday date came and went. Aww. He was dismissed as a grifter. Mr. Khan actually grows embarrassed discussing the doomsday fiasco. He insists he has always included disclaimers on his work and never set exact dates. <laughs> That's always a smart move when pulling off a successful con. You yes, would be right exactly. in saying that, Brent, except these days, I don't think consistency matters anyway. Oh, so I don't point. think. Yeah, that's, you know, that's smart. I think it was a neutral move. <laughs> Quote, rather, Mr. Khan wanted to warn that a cataclysm could happen. Not that it would. Oh, yeah. I always say you can't put God in a box. And, you know, by the way, guys, I think Khan is committing a type two false negative error here and missing the obvious for token of doom, the 2015 presidential campaign of one Donald Trump. Mm, yes, yes. And it would be easy to miss. That was the only bad thing that happened in 2015. Well, except for the Charlie Hebdo attack in Paris that killed nine and injured 11, the German wings plane crash that killed all 150 people on board, the police murders of Walter Scott and Freddie Gray, the Amtrak derailment that killed eight and injured more than 200, the Charleston church shooting that killed nine and injured one, the on-air shooting in Virginia that killed two, the Paris terror attacks that killed 130, and mass shootings in Roseburg, Lafayette, Chattanooga, Planned Parenthood, and San Bernardino. Oh, and that whole Syria refugee crisis thing. But besides that, 2015 was a breeze. Yeah, actually, though, Dylan, I think that's, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's nine different events, and only five of those took place in America. So there's only five out of those that actually count. Oh, so that's the only, the only account American stuff. Yeah. America is mm. the new Israel. So none of this other stuff, like who gives a shit about the German, German wings plane crash. I mean, that doesn't matter. Oh, that's that true. Charlie Hebdo. See, I, I forgot. I forgot about that. Screw him. Another really horrible thing that happened. They didn't add to the list is that 50 shades of gray. The film was released in 2015. So more, pa- oh, more patterns, more oh, cyclical. That's the one. Synchronicities. Yep. So much is going on. So much. All right. Khan also wrote the book, The Mystery of the Shemitah. This was not billed as fiction, by the way. So that's that. Well, he just got so tired of correcting people. He was just like, well, I might as well just lie. I mean, that's, you know, that's really the way to go. That's the, uh, the good way to go. And I think we all know now what we each have to do. It is our now it's our duty to go into every bookstore, take this book from the nonfiction section, move it and shove it in the fiction section. So, you know, and if we're feeling really, really rebellious, we can maybe even flip the book over so the back is displayed instead. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, I mean, you know, that was, if we want to be yeah. like, you know, crazy, and crazy. And if it's spine out on the shelf, you could flip it so oh, it's like yeah. the paper side is out yeah. and then no one's going to ever find it. No. So what is this, the mystery of the Shemitah book? You know, well, so the good folks at the Christian Broadcast Network give us a summary. Quote, the book you can't afford not to read. It is already affecting your life, and it will affect your future. Is it possible that there exists a 3,000-year-old mystery that (gasps) dot, dot, dot has been determining the course of your life without your knowing it? Foretells current events before they happen? Revealed the dates and the hours of the greatest crashes in Wall Street history before they happened? Determined the timing of 9-11? 
lies behind the rise of America to global superpower and its fall, has forecast the rising and falling of the world stock market throughout modern times, lies behind world wars and the collapse of nations, world powers, and empires, holds the key to what lies ahead for the world in your life. <gasps> so guys, I think this gives us more questions than answers, <laughs> literally. Also, spoiler, geez. They also, they ask, is it possible? And the answer is yes. This is all <laughs> metaphysically possible. So that was easy. Boom. There's a possible world for which all false things are true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just think of how many lives could have been saved if, uh, you know, this book came out before 9-11, since it's got the exact timing of 9-11. Could have prevented it. We could have prevented it. <sighs> yeah. But, you know, Khan doesn't want to put God in a box. True. <laughs> just <laughs> yes. in a book. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, what are, what are we to make of all this? How can we have a serious discussion about the claims made in the Bible? Is Khan's interpretation mostly fiction or nonfiction? Or is it all, in the words of filmmaker Werner Herzog, ecstatic truth? One erudite commentator named Glenn Beck has this to say about the Harbinger. Quote, my first impression is it's absolutely right, but I haven't, I haven't done my homework on it. <laughs> that I love that, that so much. If, that should be the headline of everything said on the internet and at least 90% of everything that's said in real life. It's basically just, this is my first impression. My first impression is it's absolutely right, but I don't know anything about it. That's all conversation. All of our communication it's like the exact is opposite. based on those three premises. It's like the exact opposite of my speech at the very end of last episode, where I was like, we should always just assume that we don't know more than the, the vast knowledge of experts out there. Or just pretty or much yeah, exactly. to, to uh, yeah. defer to the consensus yeah, divert, of the experts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Do the opposite of that, guys. We should be deferring to the consensus that is Glenn Beck. <laughs> oh, true. He's a one-man consensus. Yep. Glenn tells us that in these politically correct and atheistic times, writing in a novel format is the only way to have a serious conversation about this subject. <laughs> Quote, we don't have any way in our society to have a rational conversation about God stuff. I think that's why this author puts it in a storyline, because you don't have any way to have a serious conversation because we've so relegated that to crazy talk. You have to have that conversation, have to find a way to. Yeah, put it in a children's book format. That's even more effective. Ooh, that would be nice. It, it, what's interesting about this line of reasoning from a uh, good old Becky is that this is also how a lot of hollow earth people got their ideas ah. across, where they put it in a novel format so that they didn't have to just outright say, oh, hey, look, I'm a lunatic. It was like, <laughs> I want I want to make money off of these ideas, but I also don't want to be involuntarily committed. How do I do that? And the simple way is the is the novel, is the novel format. That's how you do that. So I'd like to end the podcast with this bit from the New York Times, which I think speaks for itself. Quote, on a Friday evening this winter, deep into the government shutdown over the border wall, Beth Israel was packed, even though a snowstorm had been forecast. One man plucked a plaintive tune on a guitar as Mr. Khan wound up the service, inviting the crowd to bow their heads. He guided them in a soothing prayer. Close your eyes, he said. If you haven't been born again, today is your day. There were murmurs throughout the room. Mr. Khan concluded and then gently reminded the crowd about the booths in the back. Congregants could buy shawls, jewelry, and apocalypse-themed calendars. Books were for sale, he said. New members could even get a gift copy, signed free of charge. If there's an appropriate symbol for 2019, it's an apocalypse-themed calendar. <laughs> I can't think of anything. More appropriate for this year. Yes. Than that. It's just a, it's 12 pictures of nuclear bombs exploding. 
yeah, <laughs> different angles. Just, yeah. Like, ooh. Also, conning people is so in vogue right now. You just really aren't cool unless you're currently being conned. It's 2019, guys. Or That's conning true. someone. Yeah, or conning somebody. Or yeah. conning. Yep, either way. Conned or conning. Either mm-hmm. way, you're cool. <laughs> you got to do one or the other. That's and right. with that, that is it for our latest installment of None Dare Call It News. So, Brent, Forrest, what did you learn in today's episode? What most stuck out to you? I mean, I learned all this was true. No, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. What I... Yeah. What I, what I learned was probably a little more about the machinery behind the evangelical support of Trump, mm. of how they're able to concoct in their mind this way to support a guy that is clearly the exact opposite of what they purport to claim to uh, adhere to. So I think that that's, mm. you know, gives you more insight into that, I think. Yeah, he's a flawed vessel kind of figure. Right. Yeah. My my father, I remember, I, I, who, I don't know, didn't he didn't vote for Trump and probably for odd reasons. <laughs> My father's like a conservative Christian, but he didn't vote for Trump, which was cool. That's good. And I remember him saying to me that that, you know, people in his church or whatever people are friends with were very much like thinking Trump, though, um, was definitely a flawed vessel and that God uses flawed vessels all the time. And you know, all the stuff that like I was this. just like, so Hillary. <laughs> so why can't he use Hillary? I don't get it. But I mean, she's clearly flawed. Jesus Christ. I think eating children is a flaw too far. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Drinking their blood at yeah. the altar of Baal or whatever. is just too much. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a little. No, I don't little know. too extreme even for the uh, flawed vessel types. What about you, Dylan? What did you gain information wise in this? I think the thing that most stuck out to me was his excuse that. Yeah, it was a fiction, and then people kept telling me it was prophecy, and it was awkward, and so I just went with it. I yeah. think that, wow, to me, that's... is the most perfect part of this whole story. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> just, I just got tired of correcting people. It's like, I yeah, just... you know, I became a grifter by accident, but I just roll with it because <laughs> I want to avoid awkward conversations. So that's the problem. I can't go yeah, back it's like if somebody thought, it's like if people kept up coming up to me and, and thinking, you know, I had cancer or something and just eventually like, yeah, well, I just started to go with it <laughs> and let then, you know, I, that is like wholly unacceptable. <laughs> it's just clearly. <laughs> and, yeah, I think that and, just blows the way my the, mind. The way the New York Times reports them saying that it, it is, it just comes across as, yeah, like this little thing like eh, well you know i just roll with it now like no this is extremely unethical and crazy like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah but now God. it's now it's like it's popular to just openly con people and say things that you contradict just you know contradicting yourself spewing gibberish out there it's just what we do now yeah yeah it's cool yeah also i i, I like i'm actually going to take that back i mean the number one thing i learned is that trump is literally actually in the bible Yes. Oh, I was unaware well, of that. that. I forgot about that. Actually, in the Bible. Yep. Yeah. Actually. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, there is this, it's, it seems like the tribalism these days is just more blatant than it's ever been before, where you can just, like you, we were saying, Brent, have a more transparent con, <laughs> and for some reason, it works just as well. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, just in the open on yeah, television. It, at least it seems more open. So again, it could yeah. be that this isn't true, that it's just as much of a open con as it's always been whatever that term open con so means the guys but. i'll say quickly like i grew i i mean i've said it before in the podcast i grew up like super kind of culty religious like church and school 
tiny little evangelical place. And I actually, I remember watching stuff like this, like my grandparents and stuff. They'd watch 700 Club and there was all sorts of these like televangelist people, which Trump has always reminded me of like a televangelist, the way he gives his speeches and stuff, which is very charismatic and it just kind of sing songy and it's like creepy. So um, yeah, so Khan is definitely in that same vein. Um, of people that I would watch as I was a kid, which now I watch and laugh at, but it's fun to go back and see. Yeah, they see they see in they see in Trump a similar style, right? Almost, yeah. and that matters more than the content, so to speak. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so. kind of interesting because I sometimes get people um, that will tell me, mostly from the left, they'll say, "Well, like Ted Cruz is way worse because." Donald Trump is like this fascistic figure, but Ted Cruz is like a theocratic fascistic figure. Yeah, or Mike Pence. And it's same like, thing. I, th- I think one of the things is like people underestimate Donald Trump's cult of personality is a big thing. And not only that, like he's able to still do the whole theocratic thing by kowtowing to the evangelicals and just letting them get away with whatever they want anyway. So it's not like yeah. Yeah. you're missing the that of both worlds. Yeah. So in, in fact, not only that, I think that in order to, I guess, galvanize people outside of the religious right. Um, you can't just be this holy roller preacher type guy. So in a way, I think that this more kind of Trumpian cult of personality for at least our times is probably more dangerous. I, I would say that's probably my take on that. But Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think that's right. And with that, we are done with our episode on None Dare Call It News on Jonathan Kahn. And just a reminder, you could follow us on social media at NDCIO on Twitter at none dare call it ordinary on Instagram. And you can also subscribe to our channel on YouTube, the link to which you could find on our website, none dare call it ordinary.com. Also, we are always preparing for an ongoing series. None dare call it wrong where we correct all the mistakes we made. So if you find a mistake in any of our episodes and really want us to let us know, and you can insult us any way you want, you can contact us on social media or through our Gmail None dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. And with that, we are done.